You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. All right, welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors. I'm Corey Janoff, joined as always by Rochelle Vanderzanden. Hey, everybody. And today, we want to talk about one of the main reasons making financial decisions is so challenging is because we don't know for potentially a very long time if, if it was the right or the optimal decision. The feedback loop in, in financial planning, you know, it's not like it is in, in other walks of life where you, you might get immediate or instant feedback. You know, It could take years or decades before you kind of know whether you know the outcome of the circumstance, right, Rochelle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, a, you know, a good example is that in a lot of professions, like for an electrician, for example, you, you fix something, you know if you fixed it or not, because does the light turn on or does it not turn on? And then if it didn't turn on, you're like, okay, well, now I need to go do something else to fix it and done. And then, then you fixed it and now you know. You absolutely know whether or not it has been corrected and whether your, your work worked. Um, and then with financial planning, it, it's just – it's so different. It's so different than that. And I think a lot of times we focus so much on like what is the perfect answer or what is the optimal answer, like Corey said. And sometimes, you know, we just need to to find a good next step. You know, not necessarily always the best next step because we don't want to be paralyzed by indecision because we were always trying to decide what is exactly the right next step all the time. Because I think indecision can be really difficult too and can kind of you know, stop you in your tracks and make it so that you're not making any progress. For sure. Yeah. Um, we don't want to get too hung up on, on whether it was the right decision or a wrong decision or try and figure out what will be the right decision. Uh, cause you're just, you won't know right away. Um, and, and, and the optimal decision today could be different than the optimal decision five or 10 years from now, based on your circumstances changing and whatnot. So it's really hard when you have that delayed feedback loop. You know, like another good example, I grew up playing basketball, and I'm sure everyone listening has at one point or another in their life at least shot a basketball into a hoop, whether it be in PE in school or just on the playground with your kids or whatever. But um, for those of you that played basketball, you, you could probably relate. You, know, you get immediate feedback. If the ball goes in the hoop or not, it was a successful shot attempt. And, you know, if you if you shot it long or short, all right, we just do a little bit less or a little bit more strength to get the, you know, the, the distance correct. If you're left or right, you know, you got to get squared up, get your elbow in under your wrist. You can help eliminate the left to right movement of the ball. You increase your probability of success. And, you know, I've, I've, over the years between growing up and high school and just playing pickup ball in college and, and afterwards, you know, I've probably shot hundreds of thousands, if not over a million shots in my life, and I can tell pretty much immediately when the ball releases my fingertips with, you know, 80 or 90% certainty if it's going in or not. Like, I've done it so many times. I know even before the end result whether it's it's going to be a successful action. I mean, even just when I'm 
jumping off the ground, I can probably tell with about 60 or 70% certainty if I'm, you know, moving in the right direction and if it's going to be a successful shot. I get the feedback even before I see the end result. And in, in finance and investing, you know, unless you're a day trader, and depending on your time horizon, like I said earlier, it could be years or decades before you know how successful as an investment how successful an investment is or, or whether you know you made the right choices along the way in the financial planning process. And we've got some other examples to go through, right, Rochelle? Yeah. Yeah. I think with the general investing, there's all sorts of questions that we ask ourselves all the time. Like, is now the right time? Should I be investing money now? Should I be waiting? And I think especially right now when the market is really volatile, you're like, okay, so I know we're down a bit, but like, Ooh, what's going to happen next? Is it going to go down some more? If, am I going to regret it if I put money in the market right now? So that's one big question and you, you will not know really because even if you put money in today and that investment value goes down the next day, like that only matters if you're a short-term investor and you are planning to sell that investment the next day. If you're a day trader, like when you have a long-term time horizon, that is not the answer to like was my investment strategy good or not like the answer is 30 years down the road when you go to pull out that investment when you're retired like does it have more value now has that value increased at a rate that's competitive with inflation or hopefully better like that's a big piece and so there there's just such a long delay and it's very 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 hard to try to figure out like what is the the best time so especially when we're trying to time investing we can't really guess so much. Like the the best strategy that we have is putting money in earlier rather than later because the, the best research we have is that more time in the market is a good thing. And so even if there's some volatility, like getting money in and just not sitting on it is probably going to be a better strategy than sitting on it and waiting for that magical time when it's the per- perfect time to put money in because you won't know that until after the fact. The other thing is like what should I be investing in? You know, like, should I put my money in the index fund? Should I pick an actively managed mutual fund? Like, you're not going to know that for a long time because even after a year, sure, like, hey, maybe the index outperformed this actively managed mutual fund this year, but that's not how long you're going to be invested. You're not going to be invested for a year. You're going to be invested for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years for some people. And that's really what matters is how much does your investment grow over that period of time. And then there's a lot of people that end up making changes because of short-term performance when really they have a long-term time horizon. And that's important to just realize that this financial feedback loop that we're talking about here, it is long. And if we're making short-term adjustments when it's a long-term plan, that can be, you know, you could be hurting the situation more than you're helping it when we're talking about retirement planning. So, you know, you've got some some patience really that you have to to exercise when we're investing. I do have a a client who sold out of the market in 2015. I only just recently started talking to her and she basically sold out of the market to to help her sister. She was lending her some money over a short period of time and was going to do like an indirect rollover where she pulled money out of her retirement account, but she could get it back in within 60 days without having any sort of tax penalties or anything like that. But in the short time that she was out of the market, the market increased quite a bit. And so when she got the money back into her account, she felt like 
it wasn't a great time to be invested. And then she sat on it, just waiting and waiting (laughs) for the market to come back down. And now we're seven years later, and even with the declines that we've had year to date, it's nowhere near where it was in 2015 when she sold out and she wanted to reinvest. And that that's an example of like, you know, we can spend a lot of time waiting and, and never get what we want to happen. And so sometimes it makes sense to act instead of waiting to get that feedback that really is very long-term in nature. That was a lot of talking. statistically the markets go up more than they go down and the longer time horizon you look at the the greater that probability is i think we talked about this in a previous episode i forget the exact numbers but it's like over in a one-year span it's like 70 to 75 percent of the time the market's positive over a five-year span it's like 80 something percent 10-year span i think it's like 90 plus percent 20 year span it's a hundred percent um so if, if it's long-term money you know the best time to invest was 20 years ago second best time is now <laughs> just get it in you know don't dwell on it don't put too much thought into it um can't predict the future you know focus on what you can control which is really just how much you invest and and what you invest in and, and then just let time work its magic. I think another you know, good example is maybe in the rental property market. You know, a lot of doctors are interested in owning real estate and owning rental properties. Um, is that the right decision for you? I don't know. And I guess, you know, kind of dovetailing on that, is it the right decision for you? Really, with all of these investments, financial planning decisions, like, if you take a step back and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I invested this way? Why, why am I executing this plan? Like, there's only one correct answer. It's, it, it's The answer is it gives me the best chance to achieve my goals and objectives in the time frame I want to achieve them. It's not that, oh, because this has the best past returns, or, oh, this is the sexiest, or, oh, because my friend does it. No, it's, it's because this is the best for me and my objectives, um, which can be a difficult uh, you know, thing to assess and answer, but, but that should hopefully help guide you a little bit in the right direction. But back to the rental property thing, you know, is it a, a smart decision? Well, I don't know. Are you going to have consistent rental income over time, low vacancy rates, good tenants that pay the rent on time, modest maintenance, ex- maintenance expenses <laughs> over the years uh, ahead? Um, are you able to sell it for a profit when you're you're done with it? You know, essentially, is this a profitable investment? Does it bring in more money than it costs you? And are you able to walk away with more money than you put into it over the years? Um, time will tell. We don't know today. You can make your best guess, but we won't really know until the end if it was you know the right decision or a smart decision or not. Absolutely. Ugh. It can get so frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I get why people get sort of paralyzed and have a hard time making decisions. I think when we're talking specifically about retirement planning, part of the reason that the success or like relative success of that, that planning is so difficult is because there are so many factors that are outside of our control. You know, it's like some of them are in your control. Like when are you going to retire? When do you start taking money out of your accounts? But like expenses in retirement – we don't know exactly what that's going to be because we don't know what tax rates are going to be like. We don't know what the inflation rate will be between now and when you retire. Um, 
you know, it, to a certain extent, you may not know like what your medical expenses are going to be. Like, what is your health situation like? There are a lot of different things that that you can't control. Um, another few things is just, okay, how are your investments going to perform? And we can make our best guess, but we don't know that for sure either. And how long are you going to live? Like everyone, I, I think that's a huge thing in retirement planning is like everyone wants to know like what's what's the longevity look like? And, and you can look at your family health history and you can do all of these things to make your best guess. But in reality, you don't know. And no one does. No one can know that. Um, the other thing that can vary a lot when we're talking about retirement savings is employer plan contributions. So if your employer is putting money in for you now, that's awesome. We can't necessarily count on that over the next 20 to 30 years. So that's one thing like when we're planning with clients, we try to take that out of the picture because we don't want to depend on that but you know if you do get employer contributions into your retirement plan that will be very helpful for you so i think it's important to really probably focus on the things that you can control you know like we can't control inflation or taxes or investment returns and life expectancy so focus on how much you're saving you know how much you're spending is it if you can spend less you can save more and, you know, I think part of it is also just making some decisions about the relative importance of these different things to you. So is it more important that you live a certain lifestyle now or is it more important to you that you can retire at 60? You know, like we really have to narrow in on what your goals are in order to make good decisions for yourself. You may not even know the answer to those questions. And, it, and that answer can change over time so try not to stress too much about it and worry about it just you know use the info that you have available the the thoughts and, and desires you have today to, to get yourself going in the right direction and then we can adjust as time goes on and your circumstances or objectives change you know college savings we talked about retirement savings being difficult college savings is probably even more difficult than retirement planning because there's such a wide range of costs for higher education and and heck you don't even know where your kids are going to go to college or if they or will if go to college, go to college. <laughs> you know obviously like community college is a lot less expensive than harvard a two-year trade school is going to be more expensive than if your kid's on the seven-year van wilder plan and then goes to med school after that if you want to pay for it all so you know that can be a really challenging thing to to try and predict um you know, the last 20, 25 years, tuition rates have risen significantly faster than inflation. And who knows if that's sustainable? I don't know. That's a whole other topic or, or conversation. I mean, maybe now it's sustainable. Um, the undergrads only have to pay 5% of their discretionary income towards federal student loan balances, and the rest gets forgiven after 20 years. Um so who knows, but I digress. Wholly, totally different subject there with the recent student loan <laughs> changes. Uh, we touched on a little bit of that in the last episode. Um, you know, debt versus invest is, is the endless uh, debate. Do we pay down debts? Do we invest more? What's the optimal decision? And with this one, there are both financial implications and emotional and psychological implications. People have feelings and thoughts which means the answer, the optimal answer, will differ for everyone. Now, if we're looking at, you know, the, the specifically financially financial side of the equation, you know, if you have lower interest rate debts, the odds of coming out ahead financially in the long run by investing 
your extra money instead of paying extra towards the debts. You know, on paper, you're probably going to be better off long term if you invest the excess money rather than pay down low interest rate debts, historically speaking. No guarantees moving forward. But what if investment returns are dismal for the next decade? In that case, financially, you may be better off paying down your debts more aggressively. So we don't know what the optimal answer is or optimal decision is until after the fact. So we just have to take the information that's available to us and and take our best guess, really. Yeah. And it, it's important not to get discouraged. You know, there's a lot of variables that are out of control. So just if you're worrying about things, if, you're, if your worry is not creating some sort of like, you know, good action towards doing good things for your, your finances, then then it's not useful. You know, like it's not, it doesn't make sense to focus on things that are outside your control. So focus on things that you can control, which is like how much you save, where you live, how much you spend, practice being content with what you have. And, and know that when you make decisions, like I'm going to put extra money towards my student loans, even if that might not be the optimal decision, it's still money that is going towards a good purpose. You know, even if it's not exactly the right financial answer every time that you do something to work towards your goals if you are putting money towards your goals you're putting yourself in a better position than if you don't because either you're indecisive or you're spending too much money you know and you don't have money to put towards your goals so I think that's really important to think about is you know we want to do our best to make those optimal decisions but that can't always happen and we don't know necessarily what those optimal decisions are all the time so just make sure that you're working towards those goals and putting your money towards those goals and and that's the best way that you can ensure that you work toward them yeah and maybe making the optimal decision isn't what we should be shooting for rather maybe just making a reasonable decision you know, like you said, mm-hmm. Rochelle, that paying down the student loans with your extra money. Maybe it's not the most optimal strategy for your financial circumstances, but it's reasonable. You know, especially if your goal, if you want to be debt-free, you hate debt, you, you just want that weight off your shoulders, it's a very reasonable action to take. Um, but yeah, I think you know, can't stress it enough, focusing on the things you can control rather than all of the variables that are outside your control you know, what you save, where you live, how much you spend, like you mentioned, I think probably the biggest one practicing, and this is so hard, especially with, you know, in the social media age where we can see all the highlights of everyone's life, but really practicing that being content with, with your circumstances rather than trying to keep up with the Joneses, because then you're just in a never ending hamster wheel. Um, I think, you know, the, 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 Probably the best suggestion we can give all of you is just try and develop a strategy based on your circumstances, your objectives, goals, etc. Just to get you moving in the right direction and then review and revise over time. You know, it's all financial planning is just a big giant guess. We're, we're taking the information <laughs> that we have and we're making our best guess as to what we can do with that to ultimately you know achieve our our objectives as efficiently and effectively as possible so make an educated guess but but know that it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate you're going to have to make some adjustments as time goes on um you know, the, again the objectives is just let's try and get moving in the right direction the right general direction 
You know, if you're pretend you're 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 trying to fly from Los Angeles to New York and you don't have radar and you don't have a map, you know, we know we just need to head east. So let's where you know if it's morning and we're taking off, all right? Where's the sun rising? Okay, let's kind of head that direction, and then as as we progress, we can try and find landmarks or you know see where we're we're going and try and make some course corrections along the way. But at least we're kind of moving in the right general area. Right. I think those course corrections are the next very important step is that, you know, you can make a plan, develop a strategy, but things change over time. You know, all of these unknown factors will affect things and there will be changes related to that. But there's also changes a lot of times related to people's goals. Maybe we expected to have one kid and then we had three. You know, like like there's all sorts of things that make it very important that you revisit and revise your strategy over time. Um, it could be that your income is very different than what you expected it to be. It could be that you end up having to care for elderly parents when you didn't expect that was would be a part of your financial plan. And so it's really important that you just revisit it over time and you make adjustments and and try not to, I don't know, try to keep it simple. I think that's really important too. I feel like sometimes people overcomplicate things and that that can make it more challenging to execute the plan. So if you create a very complicated strategy and then you don't do anything because it just, there's too many pieces, you can't pay attention to them all the time, you know, then it it may make sense to simplify things so that you could make some strides towards what you're trying to achieve. And you talked about making some corrections and the examples you gave were all lifestyle circumstances that changed, you know, or if, if your desires or wishes change. So, you know, really important that we're making those adjustments based on those factors and not, oh, this mutual fund performed worse than that mutual fund this last year. Let's make a change. Like that's, that's your, your, there's always going to be something that performs better than what you have. Um, and especially if you're in a diversified portfolio, like by law, being diversified means not all of your investments are going to perform the best. Some will perform worse than others. They have to. Um, so we really want to try and get away from watching the news, following the markets, and trying to like track the investments and pick the best performing investment. Like then you're just going to drive yourself nuts, and it's a you'll you'll never win at that game. But but really look at. Our overall goals and, and, and objectives and financial circumstances and, and with the cards that were dealt, are we moving in the right direction? And if we're veering a little off course, all right, what are some reasonable action steps we could take to get back on course? Whether that's saving more money, whether that's cutting out expenses, whether that's maybe you know looking at different job opportunities, you know, the family supports, you know, maybe we need to get a, a larger home to allow, you know, parents to move into the guest bedroom. Or There's so many different things that in life that could come up that require you to kind of make some of those course corrections that will in one way or another impact your financial circumstances. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stuff changes, that's for sure. <laughs> for yeah, sure. I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone as long as you're you're making strides and trying, I think that you're you're probably doing a lot of the right things and and sometimes honestly, we may need to adjust our goals. It may be 
that you don't have resources to do A, B, C, D, and E. And so maybe E kind of falls off or maybe you have to adjust B to accommodate for E. Like there, there are limited resources for everyone. Even if you make a million dollars a year, you still have limited resources. And so that, that can be a hard adjustment to make, but it can be important to just make sure that you're being very honest with yourself when you're assessing your financial progress and, and adjusting your goals if you need to just to make sure that you're not setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, I think the the easiest way to be financially miserable is to allow your expectations to rise faster than your income. Um, so let's, again, be content. Sure, we can adjust <laughs> our lifestyle as our situation improves, but um, let's, let's really try and temper those expectations to some degree and not get ahead of ourselves and let that extra money that comes in work towards our financial objectives and... And, you know, just let time do its thing and you'll ultimately get to where you want to be. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next time. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance, or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast, on our Finity Group YouTube channel, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.